Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So, Colin, there's this fantastic video. You can find it on YouTube. Um, right. If you look up Candid Camera Elevator. Uh, okay. Yeah, YouTube. I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. You remember the old candid camera show? Did they, uh, yeah. Where, show where they changed all the setting or something? Is that anyway? Uh, carry on. Maybe uh, this you... one was. Uh, they would set it up so that it was uh, a fake elevator, and they'd have people get in, and most of the people who were in the elevator were uh, Confederates. They were people who worked for the show. Okay. And uh, um, they would stand in the elevator facing the wrong way. So they'd get in and they would have their backs to the door. And then there would be one one poor sucker who was just the the ordinary citizen. And um and you'd watch that that person just in agony <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. And they would just slowly, surreptitiously turn and they were also facing the wrong way. There's one of these clips where um they showed the guy going up through multiple floors and so the door would keep opening. And every time the door would open, all the Confederates would be facing in a new direction. So every time the yep. door would close, they'd all like transition. And this poor guy, he kept turning around like a top. Um, well, he, <laughs> he would just face the same direction as everybody else. He didn't know what was going on. Excellent. This is what we're going to talk I, about. I, I haven't seen that one. That's not the one I was thinking it's of. It's worth a few minutes of your time. Um, yeah. It's really genuinely hilarious. Um, this is what we're going to talk about today. So the the psychological principle that underlies this is uh, what's known as social proof. Um, and the idea is that uh, we f- tend to see some value in adhering to the norms of others. So the fact that other people are doing it kind of becomes evidence on some level that we should maybe be doing it too. Um, and this is a, a surprisingly powerful persuasion technique, uh, simple yep. as it sounds. So the uh, so uh, an example of that um, would be um, just the uh, well, Amazon reviews, uh, yep. i.e., um, you know, you go on, you find out that three thousand people say that this is a good product, and you go, hmm, okay, it's a good product, then. Um, and you you feel okay about physically, you know, or them buying it. Yeah, it, it's even more innocuous than that. So you could argue that Amazon reviews actually give you some information. Some of it is is social proof, and you're right in that it's just oh well, three thousand people have bought this thing and and you know like it. But even just it, like the fact that um, something will be advertised as a bestseller yeah. or number one in the market, we don't know whether people actually liked it after they bought it. Uh, but just the fact that they bought it is evidence that maybe we should buy it too. Uh, I've, I've got a favorite example of this. If you're ready? Yeah, go. On. Um, you know what the best selling book of all time is um best-selling piece of fiction um no 50 shades of gray is it 60 million copies sold um, Not, yeah. best-selling book of all time um here's a review of 50 shades of gray from the new yorker magazine quote no reader however charitable could open 50 shades of gray browse a few paragraphs and reasonably conclude that the author was writing in her first language <laughs> i mean it's i haven't read it at least yeah. not that i'll admit on a 
podcast. Um, yeah. I haven't read it, but people who have say that it's genuinely bad. Like it's genuinely awful. And yet it seems to have been a, a book that sold purely through social proof. Like some people bought it and yeah. read it and started talking about it. And then other people needed to get on board that train. Like we just, we needed sure. to know what everybody else was talking about. Even though the underlying product was by all accounts, terrible. Sure. So it's being part of the crowd, isn't it? So yeah. an example I would give of this, um, and let me go back to pre-internet days. Do you remember those days? Pre-internet? Um, but kids, um, kids toys at Christmas. Yes. Yeah. There suddenly used to be a, you know, a toy that come out that every parent had to get and their kid wanted. And obviously the kid social proofing from school because everyone's talking about it. They're seeing it advertised and you can't get hold of the bloody thing. Yep. Um, and you spend all your time hunting around the shops to, 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 to try and find it. You know, but the whole of that, I mean, again, pre-internet, you know, was literally word of mouth. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I remember my parents, um, you know, going, oh, well, where, where can we get this? And my parents going up to the various stores and looking for uh, whatever it was that I was particularly interested in, which is sad because I can't remember it now. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lesson. But um, so that that, you know, I think what's happened is uh, oh, that the whole social proofing with social media has just gone on steroids now um, because clearly, you know, the whole of social media, people talking about different um, products or services or things, you know, that, that I, you know, and the same applies, doesn't it? In fact, I was just crossing my mind with must be with people's opinions on things as well surely that applies as well not just in a in a business setting i.e a product or a service oh yeah but yeah. you know the social proofing of i'm going to vote for this candidate or mm -hmm. i like this policy or whatever else that that that, that, that may may occur i mean we like what's popular um over and above kind of the merits of the thing itself uh, obviously there are limits to this i don't want anybody to walk away from this thinking that we're all just kind of automatons these robots that just follow the crowd um clearly we're not and 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 there's some interesting things in terms of, of how we define the crowd so um you know you have certain uh populations that you belong to and, and whose you know opinions you value and others that you don't so if you're a teenager the fact that um all of your parents and their friends really like something yeah, that that has no value to you. So the social proof there is actually negative. Um, whereas, you know, the fact that your friends like it, that's very very valuable. Um, so it's we want to be, we want something that's popular on average. And clearly, that's where where celebrity comes in, and what's yes. the celebrity doing, and how they influence in it, etc. And, and and also, you know, your point about social media. One of the things that social media does is allows us to define. Uh, distinct small communities um, yeah. uh, in such a way that, you know, there are these YouTube stars and Instagram celebrities that I, I've never heard of and know nothing of, but my kids will know who they are. And the communities that form around, you know, those groups or those, those celebrities or those topics, uh, uh, they can form very, very powerful social proof communities where you want to be doing what they're doing or buying what they're buying. And what we do is we're ending up back at the subject of segmentation.
Yep. Which is so social proofing. I mean, in, you know, I guess ideally with your um, Shades of Grey book, or I sh- maybe I shouldn't say your Shades of Grey book. Um, but No, so, I, I wrote a fan fiction version. I, have I not shared that with you? <laughs> It's, yeah it's, it's probably a meme i haven't read it yet. available for free e-download on uh, collins beyond philosophy website uh, yeah yeah i'm sure now we're going to get loads of people going where's that book <laughs> <laughs> but um if you um if you think about that that sort of mass market but as you say you know when you start to look at a particular topic or grouping now we're into social proofing in that particular area you know, hedgehogs in in gardens or something like that, um, and and now there's going to be a Facebook group on 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 those things as well. Yeah, I mean, the the way that I would encourage people to think about it is in, in general, social proof tends to work. So just knowing that something is popular will, on average, work. Um, to the extent that we can get more specific than that to these specific audiences, it will be even more powerful still even in ways that are surprising so um cialdini who we've we've mentioned in in other podcasts and will again he's uh, a big researcher in the area of persuasion um he's documented a lot of these social proof phenomena um and he he's found for example that um people will conserve more energy if they get a message telling them that other people in their neighborhood are conserving energy that's more powerful than if you tell them, hey, you can save money or, hey, this is good for the environment or, hey, this is a good social cause. We're all in this together. Just knowing that other people in your neighborhood are doing it is more sure. persuasive. They've done work on getting people to um, reuse towels at hotels. So I guess there's some environmental benefits to not using a fresh towel every day that you're staying in the same hotel room. Um, and you've, we've all seen these signs that are up there like, hey, help us conserve energy and it's good for the yeah. environment. They've found that it's more persuasive to say, hey, 80% of the people who, who stay in this hotel um, reuse their towel. Um, you yeah. should do that too. That, that's more persuasive. People are more likely to do it. Even more persuasive is if they say 80% of the people who have stayed in this room in the past have done it. I mean, this is a really bizarre social group to, to adhere to. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm part of the room 462 club where we're the best, you know, room in this hotel. Hotel. This isn't a social group that you would normally think about sure. in any reasonable sense, but it's a very, very specific group that you feel I some identity with because you've stayed there, and that on on some subconscious level is even more persuasive. And so people are, are even more likely to use their towel if it's the room four sixty twoers who are doing it. Yeah, and I think the other the other area for me uh, here is is. I, I guess looking at it from the opposite side uh, or so it doesn't, in other words, have to be positive. It can no. be um, it can be negative. So uh, one of the big things that have, um, that's happened in the UK over the last year has been um, uh, the blue. Have you seen Blue Planet 2? The, the, the documentary? The um, no. Okay, Blue to Blue Pant Two, great documentary by the BBC. Um, uh, anyway, long and short of it is that they're emphasising how much plastic there is in oh, the water. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and you know there were bloody oceans of, of of plastic bottles all over the place. And what's really happened in the last year in the UK has been this 
sort of uprising of uh, people against plastics. And I totally mm. think it's right. You know, particularly one use plastics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but I guess there is, again, sort of that social proofing there, which is a it's been raised. Uh, B, I guess it's raised by a credible source. B, people are seeing it, see people. You can then see people taking uh, action to it. Um, you know, and, um, uh, and I think that's another area that that that, um, that you have to consider in this area, in this topic as well. Yeah, no, it's um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's been documented to show um, both very good and very bad outcomes. So one of the very negative side effects of uh, social proof is what's known as the Werther effect. It's, it's based off of a, a book that was written by um, ger the German author. Goethe back in the uh, 1700s and um, the character in, in the book uh, is this very romantic fellow and he falls in love with a, a girl and then they, they end up not working out and, and so he kills himself he throws himself off of a, a balcony I think um, and there was a spike in suicides after this book was released um, wow. particularly among young men uh, to the point where it was banned in certain countries because it was becoming kind of a crisis and researchers have looked and shown that uh, this effect holds, that when there's a well-publicized suicide, especially from a, a celebrity, there's a spike in suicides uh, over the next several months. So the, the evidence that somebody else is doing it just makes these negative behaviors seem uh, more reasonable, more accessible. Uh, on the yeah. other side, um, uh, Angelina Jolie very publicly got a double mastectomy to um, after she'd gotten some breast cancer screening yeah. and talked about it and, and told people there was a spike in people getting women getting um, tested for breast cancer after that. Sure. So this is an example of social proof being used for positive effect. Um, when you see somebody else doing it, it becomes more reasonable, more accessible, and you're more likely to do it yourself. So let me give you an opposite. Um, to this so one of the things and this is kind of taking the subject a bit wider but one of the things that i've seen uh, just in the customer experience industry so you know we've been doing this now since the beginning basically uh, 2002 we started um and i've seen organizations you you've got the sort of classic early adopters um and you're now we're now into that sort of bell curve uh, of where you're getting the majority mm. of organizations mm. doing this yeah. uh, or looking at customer experience. I believe the only reason that a number of people are doing it is because everybody else is. Yes. So it, it you know, again, social proofing. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing customer experience because I see everybody else doing it. But the reality is, is they're not really doing it yeah. or they're not doing it well. Yeah. So, you know, I say I'm doing it because everybody else is doing it. But you know what? I'm not really. Uh, all I'm doing is telling people I am. Uh, but, you know, none of my actions actually support it. And even though I've appointed somebody to do it, you know what? Um, you know, the reality is, is I, haven't, I haven't given them any resources to do it. So I'm not really, you know. So I, I think it, it, it can work in a negative manner as well. I, yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting point. I, if your motivation is to fall in with the crowd, we should expect that that motivation probably doesn't run that deep. You probably haven't investigated all the underlying reasons why. You just 
don't want to be left out. I think you see a similar thing happen with kind of new social media platforms where, you know, now suddenly there's Instagram out and all these brands rush in there. Why? Everybody else is doing it. And so we feel like, and and so you get a lot of kind of slapdash, half-hearted social media strategies or, um, or digital media strategies that are largely based on just not wanting to miss out, not wanting to not be there for everybody else's. Um, I, I think it, it, let me, um, let me give you my favorite social proof example. Yeah. I have a friend who's, um, a little bit evil. Um, and one of his favorite things to do in, um, large crowded cities is he'll walk down the sidewalk, uh, and just stop and stare up at a building. Um, <laughs> just going to have a real curious look on his face. Like he can't figure out what's going on. Uh, and invariably somebody else will stop and try to figure out what he's doing and try to figure yeah. out what he's seeing. And within a few minutes, there'll be this cluster of people all staring <laughs> up at this building and then he'll walk away. I'm going to try that tomorrow. And, oh, it's great. Evil. It's terrible. And you've got this, he leaves behind this knot of people who have no idea what they're <laughs> looking at. Just pure social proof. Now to your point, um, tying it back around those people are not going to be staying there forever right that they're doing it purely because somebody else was doing it they're kind of curious they didn't want to get left behind sure. uh, but that's going to fade pretty rapidly and so yeah if people's only motivation is social proof that's not great um, you, you got to use that as your starting point but then kind of dig deeper from there Why not let Colin and Ryan speak at your next conference? As you can hear, they're great communicators and can get over a message in a simple, inspiring, and humorous way. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. When you start thinking about it a bit further, what you start to realize, though, is that there must be, again, and we get back to segmentation, but we, there must be people who are more influenced by social, that type of social proofing than others. So yeah. I, I'm thinking, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, at school, um, you, you used to have the, the kids that were sort of the, the, the ones that were completely the opposite way to everybody else. Right. Yeah, you know, the, the, the ones that if, and the phrase I'm thinking of is, you know, zigging and zagging. If everyone's zigging, then they're zagging. And they're zagging because everybody else is zigging. Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, they just want to be the opposite of that. So, again, uh, I, I guess you could end up trying to find some way of segmenting this group, couldn't you? Well, I mean, that's what's interesting, right, is because um, there are there are the occasional completely unique individuals who really don't care what anybody else thinks. Um, yeah. th- those are interesting, but they're very, very few. Usually what you have then is people just adhering to different social groups. So, um, you know, you'll get the punk rocker with the mohawk and the leather and, um, you know, the, the tattoos and the, and the piercings. But that punk rocker will, he may be the only one in his high school, but he looks very, very much like the punk rockers at the neighboring high school. There's a community of these guys. And yeah. within that community, there's there's a high degree of social proof. Um, you, you don't want to be the the punk rocker in that community who's all of a sudden wearing the wrong kinds of shoes because sure. that violates their social norms. So 
what can look like very aberrant behavior from the outside may just be an instance of us looking at the wrong community. Um, and, and there's still strong social proof within that community. But you must be able to turn around and say, so this group of people are more susceptible to be wanting to be on the doing the opposite to what society typically is doing. You know, this group of the, this type of personality. And we we, we did a um, podcast a little while ago on sort of personality type, not personality types, but uh, behavioral types, et cetera, et cetera. You know, here's somebody that wants to conform and be part of the crowd. Here's somebody who wants to stand out. And yes, they're part of that. I understand your point about wanting to be part of that community. But, you know, effectively, they, they don't want to be part of the wider community. Is that making sense? Yeah, and, and I think that's right. Um, I think that we can think of um, different perspectives. So in general, if it's something that you have very strong personal opinions about um, or very strong reference points for, you're going to be less reliant on social proof. So if you know exactly what you want in a computer and you go on Amazon, uh, um, it doesn't matter as much to you what everybody else is buying. It doesn't matter that this one's the most popular because you know exactly what you want. So you're going to go find it. So sure. we should expect social proof to be less influential there. You know, are there people who are, are very likely to seek out kind of what other people want and like? Yes, there yeah. are. Um, like psychologists have a very confusing name for it. No, um, you're, I know. you surprise me. I know. I know. <laughs> this is one of the major themes of the podcast. Uh, it's they're called high self monitors. Right. And the idea is that they um, monitor what other people are, are thinking about them. Um, and so they, they want to make sure that they fit in. Um, so, yes, that must be dependent on expertise, mustn't it? Then? So I, I, I'm just I thinking of your 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 computer example. Yeah. Um, I, I'm more willing to go against the crowd if I know what I'm talking about rather than uh, in an area that I don't know what I'm talking about. I think that's true. I think you can also think of those two influences as being independent of each other. So the more expertise you have, the less influence you are by social proof. The more of a high self-monitor you are, the more influence you'd be by social proof. Uh, um, but you could certainly cross those two, right? And so if you're an expert and a high self-monitor, then we can make some predictions about you. Um, it, there are also certain, you know, times in a person's life when they're especially likely to be influenced by social proof, you know, when you're um, still kind of defining your um, personality, uh, figuring sure. out who you are as a teenager, anytime you've had a major life change, a, a divorce, moving to a new place, starting a new career, uh, you're likely to be especially sensitive to kind of what's going on around you and either needing to stand out or wanting to, to fit in. Um, both of those can be uh, social proof influenced. And those are the end the areas where you need to understand that from a business perspective. Absolutely. So if someone is going through some form of life change or, you know, moving house or having a baby or whatever, 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 you know, that's the area where you would turn around and go, this is where we need to be applying some more social proof in that, that area. And I guess understanding the, uh, understanding the, the expertise of the customer right. or, or not uh, to be able to understand where to, to, to pitch those things. 
absolutely yeah good okay um so any any again just trying to wrap it up and go okay so what does this mean from a business perspective uh what would this mean that you do do you want to go first or do you want me to go first um just recognizing the uh importance of other people's opinions and so figuring out how important are those to your customers uh which communities your customers uh, uh leaning to um there are a number of industries that have figured this out and play into it well i mean one example that i use is the um movie industry yeah. after a movie's been released anytime you see a commercial promoting that movie they'll always make some kind of number one claim to it right so it's it may be the number one movie in america if it's not it'll be the number one comedy in america if it's not it'll be the number one animated comedy in america right they'll they'll find a category where it's number one every time and sure. that's social proof they recognize the importance of that so is there a way for you to communicate that um you know to your customer is there a way that you can reassure them that yes other people have done this um it's worked out well for them yeah and for me the, the advice i would i would give would be a you need to understand the power of this i think that some people do sort of understand it more intuitively than others yeah um b you i would go back and listen to the podcast that um we did on segmentation uh because you know trying to understand which group of customers are likely to fall into which category you know zigging and zagging as we've just been talking about um uh, um and you know where are those life events that are happening uh and therefore where can you use this uh i i think it's again it's all a question about taking a step back and looking at the experience and looking at the different types of customers that you've got uh and then working out how to address the message to them uh and building that that whole thing into your your experience which i think is going to be the key for this moving forward um thanks very much for uh, your time this week uh if you've got any suggestions of what you would like us to cover then uh please just drop us a line at contact at beyondphilosophy.com uh, that's contact at beyondphilosophy.com uh, or if you'd like to discuss anything to do with customer experience or anything that we Ryan and I have been chatting about over the last goodness knows how many weeks now then uh, just drop us a line always always happy to talk about this subject we we both find it fascinating so uh, thanks very much and look forward to talking to you next week thanks everybody this has been the intuitive customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton but it doesn't end here just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. <laughs>